All right, well, let's uh, turn over to Judges. Amen. We're going to start in Judges tonight, and uh, we're going to begin reading, uh, and we'll begin in chapter 13, and we're going to read verses 1 through 5, then verses 24 and 25. <laughs> Judges 13, verses 1 through 5, and uh, here in the Word of God. It says this, And the children of Israel did evil again. <laughs> Notice that word. Again, the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines 40 years. And there was a certain man of Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah. And his wife was barren and bare not. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold, now thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine nor strong drink, and need not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son. And look and notice this. And no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Now verses 24 and 25 say this. And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtel. All right, let's pray again. Heavenly Father, again, we come before you through the blood and name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, again, we just thank you uh, for being so good. Lord, again, we think about that song uh, this morning. Lord, you are just a good God. Lord, we thank you for that uh, song that... Ari just sang, Lord, that place where the roses never fade. I'm glad that Jesus is the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. Amen. And he, amen, he wants to bloom in our life. Amen. And we're thankful for that. Now, Lord, we need you tonight, and I pray that we desire you tonight. Lord, you know the need in every heart. Thank you for those that are here. Thank you for those that are listening in. And dear God, you know what's going on in every heart and every home, and you know decisions that people need to make. Lord, we think of uh, Sister Lisa Sargent and uh, the procedure that she has tomorrow. I pray that you'd uh, watch over her and, uh, Lord, that everything would go well there. We think of Sister Carpenter and the surgery that she just had. And, Lord, many other things that are going on in people's lives. And, uh, Lord, I pray that you would help them. And, Lord, that they would turn to you. And thank you, God, that we can bring everything to you in prayer and know that you care about the details of our life. Again, Lord, if by chance there's somebody here or listening that's not yet saved, God, that you would work in that heart. And Lord, again, I pray you teach us through the Word of God. And we're so thankful that you've given it to us and preserved it for us. Amen. And uh, we love you and we love your Word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so, of course, we see here Samson. We see in these verses the promise and birth of Samson. And, you know, you read Samson, that's just got to be one of the craziest stories uh, in the Bible about uh, 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 this man. And uh, notice the condition of Israel at the time of Judges here. Judges, well, we read what it said uh, there in uh, verse 1 of 13. It said, And the children of Israel, what? Did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines 40 years. <laughs> Judges chapter 2, verse 10 says this, and also that generation were gathered unto their fathers, right? Talking about Joshua and those that followed Joshua and all that. And then it says, and then there arose another generation after them. 
which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Boy, does that sound like a generation that we have in America today. Boy, they know not the Lord and they don't realize, amen, the great works that God has done through the history of this country. I believe that God, amen, uh, it was his will for this country to be established and he raised it up. I believe that. And uh, boy, uh, does that need to be, does that need to be taught? And so, uh, but here we see in the book of Judges, the stories of bondage. And you know, I would say this, the stories of bondage we find in Judges, to me, as I think about them going into bondage here, to me is sadder than the story of bondage of Israel and Egypt. I think it's a worse case because what? We know Egypt, what? Represents the world. Now, Canaan land, right here they are, they're in the promised land, and this is the place where they're supposed to be in control, right? This is the place they're supposed to be enjoying life and being enjoying the victories and blessings of God and gaining those victories and gaining that territory. Yet, we see, as it mentions here, it became a place of ups and downs and in and outs of bondage instead of consistent living the life, the victorious life as children of God. It says here again in verse 13, and they did what evil again, and again they were put into bondage. So, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to be in bondage in the world, <laughs> right, when you're lost. It's one thing to be in bondage in the world uh, before you delivered. But it's another thing to find yourself in bondage after you've been delivered. To find yourself in bondage after you've been saved, if you will. To find yourself in bondage after you've been delivered from the powers that should be keeping that held you in bondage. You've been delivered from that. They'd been delivered from Egypt. But yet, so they couldn't blame Egyptians. They couldn't blame the world. They had to blame their own bad decisions, right? And when we find ourselves in, in, in bondage, if you will, as believers, hey, it's not God's fault, amen? He delivered us and he's given us the power to live the victorious life in this age. And so it's another thing to find yourself in bondage after salvation by, again, by making bad decisions and not yielding to the Lord's will. So, hey, they couldn't blame Egypt. They couldn't blame the world. They had to blame themselves for their own bad decisions. And so what would happen is we see here, they, they'd go into bondage, then God would raise up a deliverer. And boy, then they'd get, they'd get used to being, ah, look, man, we got out of them again. And they'd do good for a while, then they'd fail again. And then uh, uh, they'd cry out, and God would have mercy on them. And then uh, 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 raise up another liver, and then see, now in these verses, we see where he raises up Samson. Of course, you know, I used to read this when I first got saved, and I'd say, man, those guys are just stupid. Amen. They go along pretty good, then they mess up. They go along, and man, I said, why can't they get it right? But you know what? After 34 years of being saved, I don't pick on Israel too much anymore. Amen. I look at Jeff Stewart and I say, man, Jeff, you're pretty stupid, man. God's been so good to you. Why do you still do stupid? Amen. So now I've sort of got to get on to myself too. Amen. I look at them. I say, boy, you know, and I realize what it's human nature, but it's not an excuse. Amen. Because we have amen, the new nature and we have the spirit of God. And so they would go in. And so here we see God raises up Samson. It's kind of interesting. Samson's name means, anybody know what Samson's name means? 
means gladness, gladness. And so you think, amen, they would be glad that God raised up another one. Now, Samson, we, as we saw there, he was being put under the Nazarite vow. Turn over to number six, if you will, and you'll see what that is. When God uh, talks about uh, people being under the Nazarite vow. And uh, so it says here in number six, verse one, down through verse eight, says this. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, speak unto the children of Israel and say to them, when either man or woman shall separate themselves to vow a vow of a Nazarite to separate themselves on the Lord. Look, he shall separate himself from wine and strong drink. He shall drink no vinegar of wine. So y'all that are into that, you know. Apple vinegar, sorry, you know, right? No, sorry. Or vinegar or strong drink. Neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes, nor eat moist grapes or dried. I guess he couldn't even have raisins. All right. So all the days of his separation shall he eat nothing that is made of the vine tree from the kernels even to the husk. Very interesting. And all the days of the vow of his separation, there shall no razor come upon his head. You know, uh, 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 that's that's interesting. You know, it's interesting when you study these things and why. As an example, you know, the sign of him not cutting his hair was actually a sign of reproach. Right. That, you know, uh, uh, that that, that he he, he would just let himself go because, you know, usually how people pretty vain about their hair, you know. Uh, Right. And so uh, but it was actually supposed to be a sign of uh, a reproach that he just sort of let himself go. And and he he, he just didn't have time to anything, so to speak. But a man getting to get into God's getting to God's will. And so, you know, people use that excuse about, well, so-and-so had long hair. But we know the Bible says in Corinthians that doesn't nature not even teach that a man shouldn't have uh, long hair. So actually, it, it, it represented a, 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 a reproach. So it's important to understand those things. You know, and they said Jesus had, I don't get sidetracked, Jesus had long hair, but we know he didn't, right? He was a Nazarene, not a Nazarite. And people say, well, you know, well, I don't know. I saw that movie and he had long hair. I seen that painting. You know what I'm saying? Well, I don't care what you, what you saw, right? We know he had, well, how was his hair cut? I'd say, well, look at Orthodox Jew. That's probably how his hair was cut. Not to get sidetracked on that. Anyways, verse 5, all the days of the vow of his separation, there shall no razor come upon his head until the days be fulfilled in which he separated himself. Notice that. Unto the Lord. Look at that. He shall be holy. He shall let the locks of the hair of his head grow. All the days that he separated himself, notice what you keep hearing, unto the Lord, unto the Lord, unto the Lord, he shall come at no dead body. He shall not make himself unclean for his father or for his mother or for his brother or for his sister when they die, because the consecration of his God is upon his head. Boy, that was a serious thing, wasn't it? All the days of his, look at this, separation, he is holy unto the Lord. And so we see that Samson was a Nazarite. And of course, there were a couple other well-known Nazarites in the Bible. Can anybody think who they were? Who's another well-known Nazarite in the Bible? Samuel. But most people forget that. Samuel. And who else in the New Testament? John, right. John the Baptist. And the word Nazarite just has the meaning of separation. Notice, unto the Lord. So we need to meet, remember, as believers, a lot of times when we think about being separated, we think about what we're separated from. Well, we need to remember, not only are we separated 
from some things, we're separated unto the things. Matter of fact, Paul, it says this in Romans 1.1, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel. Thank God I'm separated from the world, but I'm also separated unto uh, the gospel of the Lord and separated unto the Lord. So we see these things about Samson, but where we want to focus a little bit tonight is in chapter 14. Let's uh, turn over there. Chapter 14, we'll read verses 1 through 2, then 5 through 14. Say this, uh, Judges 14, 1. Says, And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughter of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. Now, uh, you're going to notice in those next verses, his, the, his parents argue with him, say, hey, don't you think you should find somebody around here? You know, again, you've heard, you know, I use that as an example. Listen, children, listen to your parents when they talk to you about these things. You know, he went down somewhere where he shouldn't have been and found some, fell in somebody with love. He shouldn't have uh, fallen in love with. Say, so, well, you can't help who you love. You can. Don't play, be places you shouldn't be and meet people you shouldn't meet. Amen. And then if you do, follow Bible principles and that'll get you away from them. Amen. And his parents tried to tell him that. But anyways, God ends up using this. Verse five. Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath. And behold, a young lion roared against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he ran as he would have ran a kid. And he had nothing in his hand, but he told not his father or his mother what he had done. And he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. And after a time, he returned to take her. And he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took thereof in his hand, and he went on eating, and came to his father and mother, and he gave them, and they did eat. And he told not them of that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. So his father went down unto the woman and Samson made there a feast for he used the young men for so used the young men to do. And it came to pass when they saw him that they brought 30 companions to be with him. Verse 12, and Samson said unto them, I will now put forth a riddle unto you. If ye can certainly declare it to me within the seven days of the feast and find it out, then I will give you 30 sheets and 30 changes of garments. But if you cannot declare it me, then you shall give me 30 sheets and 30 changes of garments. And they said unto him, put forth thy riddle that we may hear it. Verse 14, and he said to them, out of the eater came forth meat and out of the strong came forth sweetness. And they could not in three days expound the riddle. So we see here that uh, Samson's on his way down and he, uh, the lion came out to attack him. And no doubt the lion wanted to be the eater that day and attack Samson. But thank God the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, it says in verse 6. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily and he rent him as he would have rent a kid. And so uh, we see here the power of the Spirit is the only way you can defend yourself against an attack of the enemy. Of course, when we thank God, uh, 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 if somebody says, hey, when you think of a lion in the Bible, what do you think of? Well, unfortunately, most people usually think of the Satan first, but really, uh, before we think of uh, Satan, we ought to think of the lion of the tribe of Judah, amen, and that uh, he is the victorious one. But of course, we know that Satan, the enemy, is likened unto a lion. And so we need to, uh, uh, and so this is a, a, a good illustration, if you will, of an attack. You know, there are temptations that come our way 
right? There are attacks that come our way that we have no willpower over in our, in our own power to defeat them. But for the Lord, amen, if it wasn't for the Lord, they would destroy us. Satan lives. I think about this when I think about Satan acting like a lion. I say, well, he's really not a lion. He's just a cat with a bullhorn. Amen. <laughs> Makes a lot of noise. But, you know, Satan lives in a position. I call it a position of pounce. Amen. A position of pounce, if you will. You ever watch the videos? You know, we, most of us like watching videos about the big cats, the lions and the tigers. Uh, uh, right. And boy, you, you see them. Right. But what do, they, what do they do? Right. You watch one of those those videos, those big cats. And what do they do before they attack? They get in that position. Right. Ready to pounce and just wait for the moment that they can pounce upon their prey. And I imagine this young lion was in such a position, seeing maybe Samson coming down the way, and he, he, saw, he, saw, he was coming down the way, and he saw an opportunity to pounce. And that is how Satan is, amen? He's, he's, he's right there. We read that in the Bible. Where were you today, Satan? Oh, going to and fro, amen? Waiting to what? Waiting to pounce uh, on somebody and attack somebody. He looks for that moment of weakness in our life, if you will, and a moment to attack. And we need to remember that, listen, uh, that Satan's desire is to destroy you today. Again, I say this all the time before the day's over. Satan can destroy you, destroy your family, destroy this church, destroy your te uh, the testimony before the night's over. He would. And so as we look at this story quickly, the riddle, the riddle, right, and the story of this lion attack, the, right, the, uh, the, the story of this attack and riddle are a good illustration for a Bible truth. But we see here, right, uh, the, the lion went to attack, but the Spirit of God came upon him and he got the victory. And then it says, we know what happened. He gave that riddle in verse 14, out of, notice what he says here, out of the eater came forth meat, and out of the strong came forth sweetness. Out of something that could have destroyed a life, right? Came forth meat. Out of something that could have destroyed a life, that lion, if it wasn't for the grace of God, could have destroyed his life. Could have uh, uh, destroyed. Uh, we see other people that got killed by lions in the Bible. I think of that prophet, amen, that God told him not to, not, not to go to that place. And he did, that, that other prophet. And that's a crazy story too. That, that prophet lies to him and then he leaves and that, that lion uh, attacks him and kills him. But here, that lion could have destroyed, but for the grace of God, that lion could have destroyed Samson. And so out of something that could have destroyed his life came something that sustained life. You know, God can take a moment that doesn't look hopeful, amen, but amen, when you let him control the situation, he can make it helpful. We need to realize there are things that will come into our life. That if not, again, not, if not handled by the Lord, they could destroy us. But if we did not allow the Lord to help us, they could destroy us. But the Lord can turn them into something that brings forth a blessing. Again, notice that verse 14, uh, uh, to, a two-little word phrase there. And he sent them out of the eater, out of the strong. You see, God can bring good out of any situation. God can bring good out of any situation. Can you think, think about this? Think of things that have happened in your life. 
Can you think of something maybe right now that happened in your life that started off as a negative, but God brought out of that situation a blessing or blessings? Anybody got, anybody got something they can think of in their life? You know, I mentioned before about when we were in Bulgaria, how our apartment caught on fire. And that sounds like, a, I mean, we lost a lot of things. You know, you've heard me tell the story how, how Sharon was in that room and she's surrounded by fire. And three years old, we ran in and grabbed her. I'll show those pictures one day, man, that bed that she was in that was completely uh, burned up. I mean, that was just uh, amazing. God in his grace uh, uh, watching, watching over her in that. But, you know, God used that. How? Because, you know, I mentioned before, when we first got to uh, Bulgaria, you know, we'd try to witness to people and they'd say, ah, oh, you Americans, you, what do you know about the hardship? What do you know about anything? But see, when that happened and God saw how we responded to it or God allowed us to respond to it, that softened the hearts of our neighbors, right? And they saw that we fixed that apartment back up and we stayed there and all those things and that softened the heart. And as I mentioned before, the last time I walked out of that apartment, there were eight flights of stairs, amen, full of Bulgarians and gypsies, amen, with tears in their eyes uh, because we had to leave. So what, what, could have looked, what could have been a bad situation, a reason to get discouraged and down? My wife was in the hospital with bronchial pneumonia. I could have found a few reasons to whine, but why, why whine? Turn it over to the Lord and trust the Lord. And you see, out of that situation, he gave us a good testimony before our neighbors, and out of that, amen, he allowed us to be able to witness to them. And so, boy, a situation, you see an attack coming, and boy, that could be bad, but amen, when you yield to the Lord, amen, he can turn that thing around, and out of a bad situation, he can use it to bring glory to himself, he can use it to bring benefit to you, amen, and he can use it to bring blessings, just like we saw, you know, we just finished up studying uh, through Genesis, but the, most of the part of that was studying the life of Joseph. And all those times we saw thing at, situation after situation happen to Joseph. Things that could have destroyed his life. Things that could have destroyed his testimony, right? And what happened? They became a source of what sustained his life. And eventually his family and eventually the nation of Israel. And so out of, out of all those situations that happened in his life, God brought great blessing into the life of Joseph. God brought out of that, God brought great blessing to the family of Jacob. And out of that, God eventually brought great blessing for the nation of Israel. And of course, eventually, amen, talk about getting honey out of something strong. Eventually, God brought forth the sweetest thing, amen, of the Savior through that nation. So, and, uh, and even, even in Paul's life, turn over to uh, Philippians chapter 1, we see an illustration of this. Something that could have been a big negative in Paul's life, but God turned it around and brought great things out of it. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 12. Paul says this. Of course, we know he was thrown in jail. We know Paul his, is his uh, Philippians is Paul's jailhouse joy letter. And it says this in verse 12, just to keep it short. But I would ye should understand, brethren, notice this statement, the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather under the furtherance of the gospel. Verse 13, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. 
Notice that. Notice the phrase there, the things which happen unto me. How many times there were things that happened unto me? You might say that. How many things that ha you might say things happened to me? And we thought these things only happened to me. Huh? Something happens to you like, man, look, everybody else is they're doing good. Why is everything happened to me? Boy, that's what the devil, the devil close you in. Boy, young people, especially they get off to school, they get off somewhere by themselves and they start getting tested by themselves. And, you know, the, the, the devil make them think that everybody else at school is being blessed. You're the only one going through a hard time. Amen. Even uh, uh, us as believers, right? We'll think everybody else in the church is getting blessed. I'm the only one going through a hard time. Woe is me. These things that happened to me. That's why it's good to read the word of God and find out these things that happened unto me happen to everybody else, right? Everybody has these things that happened unto me. Even the great, uh, uh, um, even the, the great prophet Elijah, he thought, oh, well, there's only me. Amen. I was like, Listen, dude, I hate to break the, I hate to pop your bubble there, Elijah, but I got 7,000, you know. So, you know, if you go off the scene, you know, we, you, you got some backup here, right? We need to realize that, amen? That these things happen to everyone. But notice that word, what happened there? The word rather. You see, of course, they arrested Paul. They threw him in jail. They expected to shut him up. But rather, you see, Rather, you see, what happened? Well, what didn't happen was what the enemy expected to happen. <laughs> That's what didn't happen. But rather, what happened is what God did and God allowed to happen. You see, out of that situation, Paul was thrown into prison. They expected him, right, to shut him down. But out of that, look what happened again. Look out of that, what? The furtherance of gospel. Out of that, Right. His testimony was manifest in all the palaces and in other places. Out of that, brethren, others were encouraged. Others waxing confident. What, how, what, what, what encouraged them? How do they wax confident? He says, by my bonds. Out of the things which happened out of me, out of that, out of that, others were blessed. You know, uh, uh, it says Samson shared that honey uh, with, his, with, his, with his parents. Amen. Hey, hey, uh, share the blessings. It says, out of that, others waxed calm for that. Out of that, the gospel was carried into places where it may not have been carried. Out of that, others that may not, uh, 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 that maybe were, were sort of wobbling in their faith, their faith was strengthened and they went forth and were used mighty of the Lord. So listen, it's not about what happens to us. It's about what God does out of that and what we allow God to do out of that, which happens to us. That's what matters. Notice that again, waxing confident. What encouraged them again? He says, my bonds. So from the eater came forth meat. You see, that which would destroy, right, uh, came something that sustained. See, the enemy wanted to destroy Paul. But out of that, amen, came something that sustained him and sustained other believers. Then it says they spoke the word without fear. You see, out of the strong came forth sweetness, speaking the word of God without fear. So what a wonderful thing. The Lord can take a bitter moment in our life and make a sweet memory out of it. <laughs> Amen. The Lord can take a bitter moment in our life and make a sweet memory out of that. Just like, hey, you know, at first that lion getting attacked, boy, that sounds like a bad moment. Amen. But hey, he got, he got some good honey out of that, right? It became a sweet memory. 
And but just like I said, hey, you know, uh, oh man, my, my apartment caught on fire. But when I look back, you know what that is? That's a sweet memory of how, uh, of, uh, how God used it. I look at other things that happened in my life. At first, they seem like something bitter. They seem like something hard. But as we continue to trust the Lord, the Lord brought out of that blessing. The Lord brought out of that glory to his name. The Lord brought out of that, amen, a, a, a witness to others. So it's the thing. It's not, hey, uh, it's not walking around going, oh, man, you're going to walk around talking about you got attacked by a lion and whine about that. Or are you going to talk about, hey, how God brought out of that some meat, how God brought out of that some sweetness and some blessing. So, listen, he shared the, the, the honey with his parents. Listen, what could have had a bad outcome, the Lord, if that wouldn't have, the Lord wouldn't have stepped in, if the Lord had not stepped in, became a source of blessing to others. You know, uh, 2 Corinthians 1.4 says this, talking about God who comforted us in all our tribulation. Why? Why? That we may be able to comfort them. Why? Listen, listen, you, you think that situation happened. You think it was about you. It wasn't about you. It was about how God was going to use you. Amen. To pass along some honey to somebody else. Amen. To be a blessing to somebody else. Boy, we think so highly of our, our, ourselves, amen, right? And listen, no, 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 no. Listen, in this situation that happened, this attack that happened, it's not about you, amen? It's about, but it's about God, what God wants to do with you through that, amen? How you can be used to be a blessing to others. In all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. You see, out of my tribulation, amen, God worked in my life and used me to comfort somebody out of that situation. God allowed me to become a comforter in somebody else's life. And boy, that, 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 that's worth it. Amen. The, the greatest thing in the world is to have an impact on somebody else's life for the cause of Christ. And boy, and, and him having to break us and mold us to do that is worth it. But look at this. By the comfort we with ourselves are comforted of God. What a beautiful verse. That is, again, as we finish, verse 14 said, out of the eater came forth meat and out of the strong came forth sweetness. What a wonderful illustration of blessing this is if we apply it to moments in our life that could have ended up worse. Boy, it could have ended up a lot worse when that lion jumped. But amen, but God stepped in, amen. And he turned that situation around and he made it a victory and he made it a blessing. So, in, in our moments, amen, God, if we'll turn them over to God, again, that could end up worse, but when God stepped in and he turned that thing around and brought blessing out of it. And so we need to realize when things happen in our life, amen, amen, just amen, turn over to God and let the Spirit of God give you victory in that situation and say, God, what do you want to bring out of this situation, amen, in my life, out of the situation to bring glory to you, out of this situation that I might minister and be a blessing to others. So we need to realize again, the devil seeks to destroy anyone that God desires to bless. Hey, listen, uh, God wanted to use uh, Samson and the devil wanted to destroy him. So we need to see that God can use the most difficult 
difficult things in our life to nourish our souls and bring glory to himself. We need to recognize that God cannot use us in a mighty way often until we make it through a situation. Learn in the midst of suffering that the Lord Jesus is all sufficient. Know the sweetness of the Lord Jesus and show others that he can help them in their time of need. So if you're going through a situation, you feel like you're under attack. Amen. Who say, Lord, I need your spirit. Amen. To give me victory in this situation. And Lord, help me to trust you and Lord to see what you're going to do out of this. Amen. What you're going to bring out of this. Amen. That'll be a blessing to me. That again, that'll be a blessing to others and that'll bring glory to you. Let's pray.